So it's fair to say that our culture is a bit obsessed with self-help and personal development. One figure I saw from 2016 said that the the self-help industry was worth almost $10 billion. We long to improve ourselves and unleash our talents. We long to lose weight and get fit. We long to get rich. We long to find the love of our lives. We long to boost our self-esteem. And so, to accomplish those ends, we read books, we go to seminars, we watch TV shows, we listen to media personalities, and we hope, we hope that something we hear will stick. So it would appear this morning that Jesus is getting in on the action with some self-help advice. Now, I admit his advice seems a bit counterintuitive, but I tell you it just might work. Jesus says, when you go to a party, don't sit in the highest spot, sit in the lowest spot. And that way you are guaranteed to save face and potentially receive the maximum amount of honor as you are entitled, uh, that you could possibly get as you get moved up to that seat of honor. And then Jesus goes on to say, when you throw a party, invite the socially insignificant people and not the ones with influence because, because that way you can lock down a big payout in the long run, right? A reward at the resurrection of the righteous. Now to my ears, there is something so very odd about this advice that Jesus gives. Number one, there's a good chance that it just isn't going to work, right? And we probably all just need to admit that to ourselves. This is not a a get-ahead scheme that he's got going on here. And I mean, there are definitely more effective ways of elevating one's social status, right? But secondly, this advice seems a little bit petty. It seems a little bit insignificant. And thus, it seems a little bit beneath Jesus' concern. And in this way, maybe Jesus seems a bit out of character. I mean, Jesus is concerned with exercising demons and with healing the sick, right? He preaches about the coming reign of God and, and feeds thousands of people with just a few loaves of bread and a couple of fish. He's often in conflict with religious authorities about the proper interpretation of the law or about the nature of religious practices. Dramatic stuff. And yet here, here Jesus is talking about where to sit when you go to a party. He's talking about who to invite when you throw one. It doesn't sound like the business of God's kingdom. It doesn't sound like the business of salvation. It doesn't sound like the business that involves matters of life and death. Is is it really, really that important to consider where I sit at a party? Is it really, really that important who I invite to a gathering? Now, of course, Jesus is telling us that yes, Yes, it is important. Maybe these 
seemingly insignificant concerns are exactly what is critical for us to understand. Maybe it is just this. Maybe our task in life is to pay attention to these seemingly small issues. Maybe how we relate to others, even in the midst of social gatherings, becomes the means by which we live into the presence of God. For you see, Jesus is not just giving pragmatic advice about party etiquette. Rather, Jesus is inviting his listeners to embrace the path of humility. He's inviting his listeners to approach their lives from a new perspective that rejects elevating oneself over others and instead, instead invites them to embrace humility as a way of living. Now let's admit the path of humility is, is not easy in our culture and it certainly isn't rewarded. Yes, we give humility lip service, but it is most definitely an underappreciated virtue. For we, we celebrate extravagance. We celebrate self-aggrandizement. We celebrate audacity. We celebrate ambition. We see it in the media. We see it in our politics. We see it in business. Humility does not get you elected, does it? It doesn't generate headlines. Yes, of course, every once in a while, the humble are brought forward to a place of honor, but more often than not, they are stuck sitting at the kiddie table, out of sight and out of mind. In our culture, in our world, the humble are rarely seen and rarely celebrated. But of course, even if they were, there would be the potential for poison in that celebration, wouldn't there? Our attention might just destroy the humility that we had hoped to value. And I can't help but think that Jesus recognizes this. The advice that he offers this morning is truly subversive. He asks us to unplug from a game that puts ourselves in the center. And in its contrast, and instead, Jesus asks us to embrace being decentered. Jesus says, take the lowest seat. Now, it might turn out that you will be honored after all, but of course, and of course it will be nice if you are. But really, that is not the point. For it is in making space for others that we come to make space for God in our lives and in our hearts. And then Jesus goes on to say, invite the seemingly undesirable into your lives. For it is in this invitation that we might come to realize their worth and their value and their gifts. And more than just that, by inviting them, we also invite God into our lives. Jesus tells us by making space for the marginalized, we make space for God's presence and God's blessing. Maybe in ways that can only be fully realized when we step back and look at the whole of our lives. The so-called resurrection of the righteous. And so Jesus invites us to embrace humility. 
And yet because humility is misunderstood in our culture, I want to say a little bit more about what humility actually is. At the end of the day, humility is about embracing the truth of our lives. It's about striving to see ourselves for who we truly are without the need for self-justification and without the need for elevating ourselves above others. Humility is about seeing others as no less important than we are. But with that said, humility is about seeing others as also no more important and beloved by God than we are. Which is to say, humility is not about seeing ourselves as nobodies. In fact, to be humble, we might at times need to reclaim our gifts and our dignity and our worth, especially if these have been traditionally denied in our culture because of our identity. And yet, and yet humility not only allows us to claim our strength and our dignity, but it also allows us to claim our weaknesses and our shortcomings and our failures. Living into humility is learning to be truthful with ourselves and therefore also the way that we can come to know God's grace. For to be humble is to give up trying to make our lives the center of the universe and thus, and thus we allow God to be in God's very place, in the center. And it is in doing this that we will come to experience God's forgiveness and God's grace and God's love. But even more than that, humility is one of the principal ways that we can come to know God and follow Christ. For in the incarnation, Christ becomes the supreme example of humility. As an act of humility, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, as God makes God's home with humanity. And more than this, Christ gave himself to the humiliation of the cross out of love for us, out of love for you, and out of love for me. God's love for us is revealed through humility and compassion. And if we are to truly live, and if we're to truly love, then our actions will need to grow out of the soil of God's humble love for us. Indeed, when we follow the path of humility, then we live into the hope of the gospel. We might do this with grand gestures, but in all actuality, Jesus reminds us this morning that ultimately our hope must be lived out in small and humble ways, day in and day out. It is by paying attention to others on this path of humility that we can come to learn how to love God and love our neighbor and thus to truly love ourselves. For it is by making the humble decision again and again that we will come to live into God's invitation to know God's love 
and to know God's joy. Amen.